0: video has had so many views on the internet and we find it funny but the reality is, is I can relate to that poor sheep. I can't tell you how many times I got myself stuck in a jam and I needed Jesus to bail me out. Maybe I'm not the only one today. We can all agree that sometimes we don't have life figured out and sometimes we need to get bailed out and we get we experience that freedom for just a minute and then we just bail right back into it again. Today we're talking about the good shepherd, Jesus as the the good shepherd. And and I want you to know, just like that sheep needs a shepherd, we need a shepherd today. And the good news is we do have that shepherd in Christ Jesus. So as David said, John chapter 10, we've been in a series um, called I Am, and we're looking at the seven I Am declarations that Jesus made um, and the purpose for those declarations was Jesus wanted us to know who He is. John recorded those because John wanted to know uh, us to know who He is and who he was. like, we don't want to be mistaken about who Jesus is. And so in each of these "I am" declarations, he reveals his identity to us, his characteristics, his nature, um, his deity, and he also reveals to us these areas of need in our life and how he and only he can those, meet those needs. Um, In our life. And so we looked at Jesus as the bread of life. He sustains us. We looked at Jesus as the light of the world. Um, The third week, we looked at Jesus as the door. Today is the fourth I am statement I am the good shepherd. Now, years ago, I had a friend, he's passed on now, but he gave me this. Um, before he passed away, he said, Shane, I want you to have this. You're a pastor. It's kind of like a shepherd, and, and I just want you to, to have this. And I've always kept it around. Um, it was in my closet. This one had to dust it off. But I've always admired this, and I appreciate the role of a shepherd. Now, in our culture today, we got pens, fences, barns. We can stick those sheep in there and just ignore them. Don't worry about them. But I need you to kind of unpack that for a moment and think back a few thousand years ago, a couple thousand years ago to the time when Jesus and was walking on the earth, and the shepherds had a very important role. They were very important, right? The sheep would wander through the, 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 the plains there, and the shepherd would lead them. He would make sure and lead them to the green pastures. He would make sure and protect them. Last week, we talked about him being the gate or the door. So at night, he would lead the sheep into the sheepfold. He would lay down in the opening of that door. Because there was no gate, Jesus himself said, I am the gate. They have to come through me to get into the sheepfold, right? And so Jesus says, I am the gate. They had a responsibility for the sheep to protect them, to provide, to lead. And I just appreciate the work of a a shepherd. Um, You know, some of the things they do is, obviously, they protect the sheep. uh, They provide for the sheep. They also sometimes will go back and rescue a sheep. We sing that song, you know, John chapter 15 says, He leaves the 99 to go after the one sheep. Aren't you glad that we have a Savior that's willing to go after the one to leave the 99 and so Jesus goes after the sheep and you know this little hook in there, I think I can imagine him rescuing a little sheep or a little lamb out of the water that's drowning and uh, maybe just grabbing him when he's getting away from the flock and how many of you saw this picture growing up, this is one of the things that I think Jesus does, isn't that sweet? How many of you saw that picture in your Sunday school, you know right? This sweet picture of Jesus carrying the lamb back. I learned an interesting thing. I had another pastor friend of mine that said, Shane, do your research and you'll find that sometimes a shepherd, if he had a little lamb that was running away from the flock all the time, he would break its legs and carry it on his neck. I thought, man, you just jacked up my whole childhood with this picture. I was like, oh, that's sweet Jesus carrying the lamb. No, he just broke that fool's legs for running away from the flock. And maybe, possibly, I don't know, but um, they said they would break the legs so they couldn't run away. And they would carry them and carry them on their shoulders until they started to mend. And as that little lamb would mend, um, it would stay very close to the shepherd. You know, it just dawned on me as I was considering that sometimes we need to be broken. Sometimes we wander away from the shepherd and we hit the ground pretty hard. Sometimes we experience a little bit of hardship and pain in our life. And I've actually said, God, if it keeps me from wandering too far away from you, break my legs. In Jesus' name. Not literally, but Lord, you break me. You 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 bring me where you want me to be because I want to be as close to the Shepherd as I can be. Amen. So the context that's going on here is Jesus is still um, having this battle, if you will. He's still giving these guys, you know, a, a piece of his mind. Uh, the The Pharisees, the teachers of the law. Um, he's healed the man that was born blind. Um, And they're still in dialogue with these guys. And so there's a lot of tension there. In fact, they've already tried to kill Jesus a couple of times. Um, They already think that he's, you know, demon-possessed. They are already mad at him because he said before Abraham was, I am. And that was like pointing himself back to deity. And so all these I am statements, they knew exactly what Jesus meant when he said that. He was claiming Deity. Um, and so there's a lot of tension there, and it's that as the context and the backdrop that he continues in chapter 10, having already alluded to the shepherd, but then talking about I am the gate, now he turns to I am the good shepherd. And let's just read that real quickly. It says, I am the good shepherd, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were also divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Who would listen or why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed with a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Father, I ask that you would open our eyes today. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the one who truly opens the eyes of the spiritually blind. And and I just ask that as we gather together and we open your word, that you would open our hearts. That we would behold wonderful truths from your word. Lord, we want to know you. We want to know who you declare that you are and not, not just uh, corporately in a church setting, but, Lord, in a personal setting, like that little sheep jumping in the ditch. Lord, we need you in our lives. Lord, we can get ourselves in such a bind sometimes, but I, I, I thank you, God, for this idea, this, this picture that you give us of the good shepherd, and I ask that you would help to make that real in our lives and our hearts today, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So as we've talked about these declarations of Jesus, we've talked about how it points out his character, his nature, or his deity, and it shows us our need, and how he meets uh, those needs. And so I want to look back at this passage and i to look at the good shepherd as it relates to the sheep, and the good shepherd as he relates to his father, and the good shepherd as he relates to the world. And so, verse 11, let's look as it relates to the sheep. The first thing I want you to notice is uh, well, before we get into that, let me just say he's not just a shepherd. He doesn't say, Hey, I am a shepherd. There was a lot of shepherds around in Jesus' time, but he makes this statement, I am the shepherd but he doesn't just say i am the shepherd he says i am the good shepherd he's a good shepherd it's in contrast to the shepherds that he speaks of the hired hands in verse 12 he says a hired hand will run away when he sees a wolf coming they see the danger and they run away he says he will abandon the sheep leaving them out there all alone because they don't belong to him he doesn't own them have you ever rented a car before and you drive that car like you stole it like nascar in fact, Kyle's got a phrase, what he says, hey, drive it like it's stolen, park it like it's rented, right? When you don't own it, you know, you just don't take care of it. And they, they didn't own the sheep, and so it was easy for them to just run away when they got scared because they don't belong to the shepherd. And he says he isn't their shepherd. And so so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Now I can just see this statement stinging the religious leaders of Jesus' day because, in essence, he's kind of like saying, You guys don't care about the sheep. You don't care. You're just in it for the money. You really don't care about the flock. And so he says, I am the good shepherd. In contrast to that, I'm the good shepherd. And the first thing, he says, I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, the sheep had a very um, important job in those days, and it was a stinky job, uh, but it was a a risky job as well. And David, when he's talking to um, King Saul, um, he says, hey, I had to rescue a lamb out of the the mouth of a lion before, or out of a bear's um, claws before. And so there were predators in those days that would get to the sheep. And so a shepherd knew the risks of watching over the, the, the flock of sheep at night. And so they knew that at any time they might have to fight off a would-be thief or robber or maybe even a wolf or a tiger or a bear. Oh, my, you know, all the wild animals there. There was, there was risk associated with that. And so a good shepherd knew that that was just part of it, and they might actually have to lay down their life to protect the sheep. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I do this willingly. I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Now, of course, from our perspective, we're looking back and we know what the scripture tells us about what Jesus did, his mission, but from their perspective, Jesus is giving them his his nature, like what is his purpose? Why did he come to the earth? He says, I came for a mission, for a purpose. I'm the good shepherd and I'm going to lay down my life for the sheep. He's talking of the atonement that Jesus would soon go to the cross. He would be crucified for the sins of the world, be raised again on the third day. We call it the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so he's telling them, I'm the, the good shepherd, and I'm going to lay down my life for the sheep. Um, a couple passages that reference that Jesus um, as the sacrifice. Um, Hebrews nine twelve. He, Jesus, entered once for all into the holy place. Not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. You remember when Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples and he said, this body, or this bread is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and when they get to the wine, he says, this, this wine is like is the blood. It's the, the, it confirms the, the covenant that I'm now making. It is, it's a confirm, confirmation of what I'm doing, right? The blood of the new covenant. And so Jesus was that sacrifice. He laid down his life. Hebrews 9.22 says, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So imagine for a moment in the Old Testament times there were sacrifices in the temple going on all the time. It was required. It was necessary. Because of the sins they needed to have atonement for their their sins. And so they would bring these little lambs. They would bring these animals to the temple and they would sacrifice those. And the, the blood of the bulls and the goats, it would cover Or atone for their sins for a period of time. First Peter chapter three, verse eighteen tells us, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Here's the good news. In the Old Testament, the sheep died on behalf of the shepherd. In the New Testament, the good shepherd died on behalf of the sheep. Aren't you grateful? That Jesus is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. So it talks of the atonement. And what's the, the benefits of the atonement? Man, it saves us. It puts us in a right relationship with God the Father because our sins, which on our best day is like filthy rags compared to the righteousness that was required. And so there was a payment that needed to be made, and that payment was made in full by the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice. That's good news. And so it puts us in a right relationship with God the Father. It sets us free. We're no longer slaves to death, to fear. We're no longer slaves, but we're now free, and we are His children. We are His flock. He is our shepherd. He lays down His life, and that's good news. Another thing that that does for us is um, it, it protects. He it protects us, and we don't have to be fearful of, of the sting of death and hell. It's like Satan has been rendered powerless, right? He's still got the bark or the roar, as First Peter says. Um, he probably um, makes a lot of noise, but he's been defanged. He's been um, rendered useless. We ha- he has no power over us anymore. Do you know that this, this morning? He may be scary, but he has no power over you anymore. You're no longer a slave to fear. Um, so I grew up in southwest Oklahoma in Mangum, and every year in Mangum, the last full weekend of April, um, they have this rattlesnake derby. Ever been to that? All right, it's a cool place to hang out, man. There's a lot of snakes, if you like that kind of sort of thing. And there's All these guys will start collecting these western diamondback rattlesnakes weeks ahead of time, and they put them in cages. And then on that weekend, they put them all there at the square. And it's right there on this float, and they have a double-walled hail screen um, cage that they put all these snakes in. And so you can be within two inches or an inch and a half, if you will, of these very poisonous, dangerous rattlesnakes. They stink. I just remember how people would come from all around to enjoy all the things that went on there. But um, this picture here is my best friend growing up, Steve Young, that's him. Um, And he's crazy. I've always told him that because he's in a pit of snakes. And all those snakes are just laying around. He's walking around talking with a microphone like I'm doing right now, and and they're biting his boot. He's got venom all over the place. And I said, Steve, how do you ensure that they don't bite above the boot? I mean, come on, you got an eight-inch boot on, what if they get you in the calf? And he says, well, we watch their head, and if the head is pointed down low, they're looking at the boot, they're going to strike there, but sometimes the head's cocked back like this, we get those snakes out. I'm like, you're still crazy. <laughs> but outside there, on the corner there, they have a photo booth, and for, you know, just a couple bucks or whatever, you can have your picture taken with a Western Diamondback rattlesnake. Anybody want to sign up for that? I did it. It was pretty cool. It was weird. I mean, on the back of your neck, you're like, oh, I know this thing's dangerous, but I was willing to do it, and didn't scare me, because I know... That they either defang that rattlesnake, they sew its mouth shut. And also there's an ice chest, and they'll have a couple of them in there at a time, and, they, and it has like either dry ice or ice, but they literally chill these snakes out because when they're like docile like that, when they're cold, and so they'll get a snake out, and he's rattling, but he's just chill. He's not going to hurt you, right? He can't hurt you. He's scary, but he's got no bite, right? And so he get warmed up and start getting more aggressive, and they put him back in the ice chest, get another one out and take pictures all day long. The point is, when Jesus died on the cross for us, he removed the sting of death. We no longer have to fear death in the grave because the sacrifice of the shepherd. Amen. So that's good stuff right there. Good stuff. Let me say it again. Church, that's good stuff. That's better. I heard amen that time. I heard somebody earlier said, I say amen. I said, I never hear you. And when you guys talk back to the preacher, it's like saying, sick them to a dog. We get amped up. So if you want me to get amped up, start talking back. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So he lays down his life for the sheep as it relates to the sheep. Um, Secondly, it says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. And they know me. And they don't know me just kind of like, well, I know them, but I don't know them. He says, I know experientially. I know my sheep. How do you know somebody? You spend time with them. Jesus says, I know them, and not just a little bit. In the same way my Father knows me, I know them. That's how I know my sheep. That's, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? The shepherd knows the sheep. In fact, we talked about it last week. Some random shepherd could go into the sheepfold and start calling out the sheep, and not all of them are going to come out. The only ones that are going to respond to the shepherd are the ones that belong to the shepherd because they know his voice. He knows them. They know him. The good shepherd knows his sheep. And I asked you a question this morning. Are you one of his sheep? Does he know you? Better yet, do you know his voice? I said earlier, like, I, I want to know his voice. I don't want to be like the little lamb that wanders away and gets into the trouble. I want to be so close to the shepherd that I hear his still small voice and follow him. It's encouraging to me to know that Jesus knows us. It's encouraging to know that the good shepherd not only lays down his life, sacrifices his life for the sheep, but that he also knows us. Verse 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Again, it says of the stranger, they, they won't follow him because they don't know his voice. He knows the sheep. So he lays his life down. He knows the sheep. And this is an exciting part. It says that he unifies. He brings together this flock. Now, if you're not born um, as a Jewish person, your heritage is not Jewish, then you, everyone in the room should probably be excited about this verse right here. In fact, Andy and I were talking about last week after the service. Listen to what it says. Jesus says, um, verse 16, I have other sheep too. Now Jesus is talking about the sheepfold in verse 1 of chapter 10, and he's talking about the Jewish people. I'm the true gate. I'm the true shepherd of the Jewish people. You teachers of the law, you're supposed to shepherd my people, but you're terrible at it. I am the true shepherd of this sheepfold, but this is not the only sheepfold. I have other sheep that aren't in this sheepfold. I wonder who he's talking about beyond the Jewish people, right? He says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. You know who he's referring to? You and me. We hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. This good shepherd is like, we hear his voice and we follow him and there's no longer a dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, but that has been brought down and now we have one big flock with one shepherd. That's good news, isn't it? And so as it relates to the sheep, he lays his life down, he knows them, and he unifies the sheep. Galatians 4, excuse me, 3, 26 says, "'For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, "'and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. "'There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus.'" And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. It's good news. The shepherd, this good shepherd, sacrifices his life for the sheep, who knows the sheep, who unifies the sheep. One flock, one shepherd. That's as it relates to the sheep. I think we can learn something as it relates also him to his father. Look in verse 17. It says, the father loves me. Why? Because I sacrifice my life so I may take it up again. No one can take my life from me. Do you know when Jesus was on the cross and he was, you know, the nails were in his his hand and his feet and the, 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 the crown of thorns on his head and it says that Jesus gave up the ghost or he gave up his life, he breathed his last, that they didn't take his life but he gave it up voluntarily. Jesus said, I give my life, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. So get this. The good shepherd Jesus is saying, hey, my father said, hey, go. Give your life as a ransom for many, as a sacrifice. Lay down your life for the sheep. And he said, no one can make me do it. And what I see in that is a a picture, a beautiful picture, an act of willing obedience from the good shepherd to the father. I think we can learn from that as well, right? We have a father who loves us. He knows us. He knows what's best for us. And it would be good for us to just realize, I don't have it all figured out. Like that sheep at the very front in in the video that jumps in the ditch. I do that all the time. I think I got it figured out. I mean, God, I got this one. He's like, okay. And I take off and I get stuck in the ditch. And he's bailing me out again. And I got my newfound freedom for just a minute. And I just find myself right back in the ditch again. Anybody else struggle with that? The good shepherd knows. He knows what's best for us. And I think it would be good for us to have that same relation with um, with him as he does with his father. It's like, hey, willing obedience because I just know he knows what's best for me. Lord, your word says that, and I just want to trust and obey you like a good sheep. You know? So as he relates to the sheep, as he relates to his father, and then verse 19, as he relates to the world, not everybody gets it. Not everybody's spiritual eyes are open to the truth of who Jesus is. And you can preach the gospel, and make it as clean and clear as you can, and they will not accept the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus accomplished And wants to accomplish in their life. They'll be closed to the gospel. When he said these things, the people were all again divided in their opinions about him. There's two groups mentioned. It says, some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. I mean, Jesus is crazy. You see what he's saying? Why listen to a man like that, they said. There's others in that crowd. They said, hey, listen, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Here's the sad thing. In their day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, heard Jesus, the authority that he spoke with in the temple, and they watched and witnessed the miracles that were just so right in their face and right above their head. They just didn't get it. I think they had the minds made up. They didn't want to get it. They didn't want to accept him as Messiah. Can anything good come out of Nazareth, he said. Yet Jesus is declaring throughout the Gospel of John who he is and just putting the the exclamation. You know what? He is bona fide, or if he's like an Instagram account, he has the little check mark. He's verified, Jesus. He has the authority. Why? Because he took that life back up again. Why do I follow Jesus? Why do I trust him? Why does he have the right to say, I am the the resurrection of life, which we'll look at next week? Why does he have the right to do that? Because he backed it up. He said, I'll lay down my life for the sheep, and guess what? I'm going to take it back up again. We celebrate that on Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Tick-ting! He's verified for your Instagram account, people. My son thought it was funny. Uh, oh, Dad, you totally didn't say that in the first service. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'll do that again. All right. Two people, two opinions of Jesus, who he is. Some will reject him. Some are on the fence with him, but... For those who listen to him and he says, hey, listen, this is who I am. This is what I've done for humanity. And and to those of us who call ourselves disciples or followers of Christ, believers in the gospel, we're not in that group of people that are writing him off as crazy, as a lunatic. And and we're not not saying that Jesus is a liar and we're not on the fence, but we have kind of crossed that fence and we said, "I, I know who Jesus is. And I know what he is to me. He is my shepherd. And I need my shepherd. Right? Because I've already proven that I can screw everything up on my own. I need a shepherd in my life. And the good news is, he's a good shepherd. Psalm 23 says, He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear. Why? Because I'm close to the shepherd, right? He's got me. He protects me, his rod, his staff, they they comfort me. And so we have a, a good shepherd in Jesus. He loves, he leads, he cares, he protects the sheep. It would just make sense for us to be as close to the shepherd as possible. We need a shepherd. And so I ask the question, are you one of God's sheep? Have you placed your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you believe that Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for you? You might say, Shane, I appreciate what he did, but I know me, and I'm, I'm too far gone. And there's no, 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 let me just tell you. He says, God demonstrated his love for us this way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that means? Past, future, present, no matter how bad you think you can be, it can't outdo the grace of God. Amen. That's good news. And so he says, he loves you that much he's willing to send his son to die for you. Complete sacrifice. The shepherd laying his, down, his life down for the sheep. And here's the good news. You can be in his sheepfold by believing. John chapter 3 covers that. We know it by heart. But what does he say in there? It says, for God loved the world so much. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, say everyone. Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. When he was given the name, he'll he'll be given the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's the purpose for which he came. He didn't come in to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There will be a time when Jesus will come back and judge the world, but his first time he was here, he came to seek and to save the lost. It says there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. If you've placed your faith in the gospel, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no judgment for those who believe in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. So how are we in the sheepfold? By believing in the gospel, by putting our trust and our faith in who Jesus said he is. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the the sheep and and that's good news, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One flock, one shepherd. Aren't you grateful for the good shepherd this morning? Man, I hope everyone in this room has placed their faith in the gospel because it's, it's everything. I could imagine going through the, the crazy in this world that we experience day by day by day without the hope that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. One day we'll be reunited with that good shepherd. And I think we're going to hear, you know, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. You talk about a worship service, that one's going to be off the chain. Because we'll finally see face-to-face the one who made eternal life possible for all of those who place their faith in Jesus. That's good news from a good shepherd. I'm going to close with Psalm 23. We quote it. Um, In fact, I like to quote it in the King James because it's poetic. Um, And I had it memorized that way. But I want to just read it from the New Living Translation slower. I just want you to listen to this, what the psalmist says about the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's a good shepherd. I'll close with this Hebrews 13. As a doxology now, may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for your revelation of who Jesus is to us today. He's the good shepherd. Thank you for the atonement. Thank you for what he did on behalf of a world that many would reject, many would call him crazy, many would call him a liar, but a few would say, we believe and we receive him as Lord. God, I thank you for the gospel. And I thank you that it's able to reach to the deepest darkest places and save the most vile sinner. Lord, that's the good news of the gospel. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I pray that today, if there, if there be anyone here today that they don't know where they stand with you, or maybe they feel like they're just too far gone, that they would just see this loving image of the shepherd bringing them into the sheepfold, just through faith, as they believe in the gospel, as they believe in who you are and what you did. And I pray that today would be the day that they trust in you with their life, or they trust in you as their guide, the one that leads them, that keeps them close to you, leading us down those right paths Lord, we want to honor you. We want to live our lives in a way that please you. And so, Lord, would you just give us that same attitude that Christ had with you, this willing obedience to just put your word into practice in our lives. Lord, we confess, sometimes we get a little hard-headed. Sometimes we think we got it figured out. And like that sheep in the video, we just run out ahead of you and we get ourselves in a lot of trouble. And Father, I just thank you for the love and the mercy. You said that's new every morning. Your good shepherd just reaches down and pulls us out again. Father, thank you for that image today. I pray, God, that we would honor you in our lives, that we would just continue to get a better and fresh revelation of who you are. And if there be anyone here that needs to respond today, however you lead them, God, I pray that we would respond to you. And we humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.